And here we go. That's right. You're in Red's line. We had a day off. We got to collect our thoughts. And we got to come back to Cincinnati where the Atlanta Braves came to town. And who'd they send? They sent Kevin Gossman. They acquired him from the Orioles. And who'd the Reds send up? That's right, Sonny Gray. Now, Sonny Gray has been pretty stellar other than his opening uh, start for the Reds. Not opening day start, but his second, the second uh, game of the year. Sonny Gray, has coming into this game, had a 2.79 ERA, but 0 for 3. How do you like that? Offense, thank you very little. Anyways, well, ladies and gentlemen, I said Kevin Gossman was going to give the Reds some fits. He really didn't. I didn't really say he was going to be a world beater. And I didn't say he was going to necessarily win. I thought the Reds would win. And they ended up coming up with a win, 7-6. to six. But the real thing about the back end of this game was the Braves just kept clawing back and back and back. And that's what I was waiting for in that the L.A. series. And then the last game, well, the last game in San Diego they did claw back a little bit, but they didn't do anything in the top of the eighth or top of the ninth. And if you looked at these Braves hitters, you were just like, man, these guys are just clawing, scratching, doing whatever they can to score. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what this Reds team needs to do. Now, I got to tell you, this David Bell, David Bell! has got some serious problems when it comes to anticipating his starter losing it. And uh, it reminds me of another thing. Remember the game in San Diego? San Diego. Where um, I said that Male was just pitching great, and all of a sudden, that one inning, he gave up six hits and four earned. Man, they didn't even, they, didn't, they never even sent Derek Johnson to go out there and Take his, you know, Jimmy John's order, man. Like, they just sat there and was like, figure it out, dude. And that's literally what happened to Sonny Gray in the top of the sixth in this game. Ladies and gentlemen, Sonny Gray was rolling through four, right? And in the fifth, he gave up a run. But the sixth, they kind of just kind of went crazy on him. And... I, I, I was, like, waiting for the Reds. I was like, David Bell? David Bell! Do you ever, like, go out there and see when your pitcher's getting hit around? Now, I will tell you what. I rewatched that Josh Donaldson double several times. And what I'm talking about is that hit that was right on the line in left field. Now, I, I am pro-Jesse Winker, and I am pro-Jesse Winker being in left field. But, man, you'd think with these analytics that they wouldn't have Jesse Winker playing left center field because he had a long way to go and a short time to get there. But, really, 
He had a long way to go and a long time to get there. That ball was hit high and super high. And I don't know what's over super high, but it's that next echelon above super high, okay? Because Jesse Winker was at least four foot behind this baseball, and he should have never been anywhere near where he was. And I don't understand it. And I don't, I, I tried to watch it, and I was like, this is Josh Donaldson. Why wouldn't you be playing straight up or even deep to keep the ball in front of you? Because that that baseball, ladies and gentlemen, that fly ball should have been caught. So I'm not even hanging this on Sonny Gray. I mean, sure, it was a well-hit baseball, but it was a long out. And it ended up, I think, scoring two runs. And that's where the... Uh, that's where the Braves put up a three spot in the uh, in the sixth, and so now Sonny Gray gave up four runs, only three earned. But you really just got to question that because it was crazy. And uh, like I said, any other left fielder, and I'm even including Jesse Winker. I'm not even criticizing Winker. I don't know why they had him positioned over there. Because, like I said, I can only say Josh Donaldson's name so many times. He's a, he's a, he's not. I want. I don't want to say he's a pull pull hitter, because he's you know the former American League MVP. The Reds should have acquired him from the Athletics when the Athletics traded him to Toronto. I was pro Josh Donaldson. In fact, good little story about Reds Nation forty one ninety two. I was saying the Reds got to trade for Josh Donaldson. Everybody was saying, Jared, you don't know what you're talking about. He's never going to be traded, da-da-da. Well, it just so happens that the Oakland Athletics and Billy Bean have a formula, and it all is about arbitration, and they traded him for a bunch of players. Brett Lowry was the uh, headliner of that. Uh, I think Marcus Simeon came back in that deal, too. So, um, anyway, to make a long story short, uh, no, I think Brett Lowry went from Oakland to to Toronto, something like that. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, the Blue Jays hardly give up anything of, of value. It was a perfect Reds trade. In fact, it was sub. It was a quantity over quality that the Blue Jays took, and uh, that trade happened on Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving weekend. Anthopolis was texting with uh, Billy Bean, and that's how that trade went down. You know the Reds' front office. They're on bankers' hours, so Thanksgiving weekend, there's like a, a you know, a, a, you know Thanksgiving break sign on the door, like, we'll be back, you know, when you go to a business and there's that clock, you know. So anyways, the Reds, you know, they weren't going to be making deals that weekend, but anyway, to make a long story short, back to Josh Donaldson, I don't want to say he's a dead red pole hitter, you know, he's not to the extent of a, you know, Chris Davis or from the other end, Ryan Howard. So he does he does have a good bat. He can hit up the middle, can go the other way. But, again, he's such a powerful right-handed hitter. Why wouldn't you be playing him straight up? How could they have Jesse Winker playing way over there? And the other thing is, is that, Jesse Winker, it wasn't like he didn't get a jump. It was a high fly ball. The ball was up there forever. I mean, 
Remember the Derek Dietrich moonshot where he could have, like, sat down, had a cup of coffee, tan for a little bit, and then ran around the bases? This was like that, except a fly ball to, uh, like, right on the foul line in left field. It was crazy. And like I said, it goes back to these guys operating on these analytics. Why aren't you positioning your players right? I mean, obviously you have a graph of Donaldson, and I know he's going to have more balls to the left, fly balls, batted baseballs to the left. So why are you having Jesse Winker play left center field? It didn't make any sense. If you had Jesse Winker anywhere, uh, Gray probably gets out of that inning with just another run. And and literally, well, to make a long story short, they got they pulled Sonny Gray for Robert Stevenson. And Robert Stevenson was lights out. Two batters faced, two strikeouts. ERA down to 150. Sonny Gray only got hung with three three earned runs, not four. He left today with a 3.28 ERA. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, Stevenson even got the win on this deal. And I just feel like little things like this happened, and it's not great. <laughs> I can't even explain to you how I, and I'm and I know you're probably like, well, why aren't you getting on Jesse Winker? And I'm sitting here telling you, you gotta go watch the video, man. There's no way that Jesse Winker should have not made that ball, other than they had him playing in left center field. I I literally don't understand how they position these players. I I think it's a. Uh, uh, freshman day, freshman orientation in the analytics department, ladies and gentlemen. But let me tell you where David Bell overmanaging, managing for the inning, rookie manager comes in. So then we're going into the bottom of the sixth. And this is when it gets all kinds of crazy. So David Bell, David Bell! I really don't understand you. Iglesias reached on a fielding error by Josh Donaldson, right? And then, this is the other thing. I know you had to pinch hit for Robert Stevenson, but this is why you're using five and six relievers a game, David Bell. You got you have Robert Stevenson who can easily go two innings, and he goes two-thirds of an inning. Now, I know it worked out, but you're going to... But the reason why these... Atlanta Braves were, right, were like chipping and clawing away, David Bell, was because these guys are tired. I mean, you've used your bullpen more than any other manager in the major leagues, and I didn't even got to look it up. Anyway, so he brings in Derek Dietrich, and Derek Dietrich pulls off this super bunt, um, and it just worked out tremendously. And then that's when Jose Peraza comes up, and... He doubles in Iglesias and Dietrich, and that's where the Reds take back the lead, 5-4. to Because what I haven't told you is that Yasiel Puig went deep, hit his third home run of the year, and it was a great, awesome home run. Tucker Barnhart went deep. That's where the Reds were up 3 to nothing. Uh, but you all saw the game probably. It's not that big of a deal. 
I was really happy with Yasiel Puig. He'll be on my good things list. But anyway, yeah, the Reds had a 3 nothing uh, lead going into the uh, fifth. They caught a, the Braves scratched a run. Dansby Swanson was awesome in this game. Um, really makes me mad that the Reds didn't at least trade a Rollis Chapman to the Diamondbacks and get Dansby Swanson. Because I'll tell you another little nugget of information. Right after the season that year, in 2015, the Diamondbacks were in touch with the Reds. Tony La Russa wanted Chapman, and they were willing to trade Swanson. And that was when Swanson was the number one draft pick in 2015, ladies and gentlemen. And all the Reds had to do was pull a trigger, and they probably would have got what the uh, Diamondbacks give up for Shelby Miller from the Braves, which set the Braves up. Perfectly with Swanson and Encarte and all that. I mean, the Reds could have had their leadoff hitter, their shortstop, and they wouldn't be fooling around with the Parazas and the uh, Shevlers of the world and the Brandon Dixons of the world. Anyway, to make a long story short, and I'll guarantee you we would have had Jose Ramirez and Mike Clevenger. I mean, you just, if there was a blueprint on how to screw up a team and uh, not do a rebuild correctly, just take Walt Jockney's classes, okay? Because Dick Williams has learned perfectly from these bad negotiating, bad decision-making, banker's hour, season's over, we're going to take a vacation, and then we'll get back to work. Anyways, to make a long story short, the Reds could have had uh, Dansby Swanson as their shortstop today, and Encarte as their left or center fielder, left fielder or center fielder and leadoff hitter. But I'm just telling you right now, the Reds waited, then Chapman blew a couple holes in his garage roof, and the rest is history. No charges were ever filed. And then we got to see rookie Davis, Eric Jaglio, Tony Renda, and who was that other great player that the Reds got? Did I say rookie Davis already? I said Eric Jaglio. I said Tony Renda. Oh, Caleb Cotham, the sixth inning, my six-year minor league free agent, basically world beater, who's now the assistant pitching coach under Derek Johnson. Lord help us all. Anyways, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I could talk for hours about this team because I know so much about it, and that's not me being pompous. That's just like, man, if I just didn't know they couldn't run a fax machine to trade Zach Cozart for Cattell and Luis Gohera and O'Neal, Tyler O'Neal, I, 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 if I didn't know that Sean Manea didn't clear the medical staff, we could have had Sean Manea instead of being stuck with like John Lamb. And if I, if the medical staff, I, if I didn't know the medical staff wouldn't clear Nimmo, and we could have had Brandon Nimmo instead of Wotel and Herrera. You, like, if you know this stuff that I know, you will be driven insane because of how bad Walt Jockety is and his employees. It, like, like you, I almost get a migraine over it. So anyway, back to this game. And every time the Reds face the Braves, I am upset because Dansby Swanson is not the Reds shortstop right now. So anyway, back to this game. Swanson's all over the place, and we're back in the bottom of the sixth. So Peraza, and that's where I want to talk about Peraza. He gets this double. Tom Brenneman is going all over the place about how Peraza broke this uh, his slump or whatever. Tom Brenneman, 
Let me try and do that correctly. Don Brenneman! Jose Perez is still in this. This double is a blind squirrel finding a nut situation. Okay, calm down. Let's back to the game. So then, Joey Votto walks. There's a passed ball. They walk Suarez. And then you got Jesse, the wink, Phil Mickelson, Winker coming up with the bases juiced. And what happens? This rookie manager pulls David Bell. Wait, this rookie manager named David Bell pulls the wink down and pitch hits Phil Irvin. Now, David Bell, I understand that the pitcher was left-handed, but Winker is a world beater, man. And another thing, David Bell, you got a four-man pitch. Are you insane? Now, I know everybody's going to say, well, it worked out, it worked out, it worked out. Well, hey, you people chatting, it worked out. Look at the Braves crawling and scratching and getting another couple runs. They didn't quit. So you were you, you have already used a pinch hitter in Derek Dietrich, right? Are you following this for, for Stevenson? This is the sixth inning. It's not the eighth or the ninth. So you used half of your bench in the sixth inning when Winker could have drew a walk. Winker could have drove in the runs. And I know you're like, oh, well, Phil Irvin. And I like Phil Irvin. But, David Bell, you don't know how to manage past your nose. David Bell, get Wally Beckman in there to help you. It doesn't make any sense. Anyways, so then Irvin walks in a run. And then... They bring in uh, Parsons to replace Biddle. And, I mean, I really thought it was a grand slam. Puig give a ride to a baseball that I thought was going to just be awesome. It turned out it was a uh, really long uh, sack fly. But, man, wouldn't have been awesome to see a Puig grand slam. And then uh, Scott Shebler walked. I, I, Ladies and gentlemen, if I talk about Scott Shebler... I think that I will either A, have a brain aneurysm, or B, have a heart attack. So I'm going to not talk about Scott Shelbler, but he walked, and then Tucker Barnhart struck out swinging. And uh, from there on, you have the top of the seventh, where the Braves were able to claw back and get a run, their fifth run, and then you got where they got their other run and came within seven to six. And uh, Jared used, he gave up one of the runs, I think. And that's where I'm saying this team was clawing and scratching and it wasn't the Reds. And that's why I want to say, hey, Cincinnati, you got to, when, you, when you're down four to three against the Padres, man, and you got the top of the eighth and top of the ninth, you got to do everything you can do to, Cratch and scar your way back into this darn game. So, yeah, Jared Hughes pitched two-thirds of an inning, give up a run, walked a batter. And I'll tell you what, the crazy thing about David Bell, and I'll give that another good shot, the crazy thing about David Bell, David Bell, is that his two long relievers, Garrett and Stevenson, let me just tell you, he brought in Stevenson for two-thirds of an inning, 
And he brought in Garrett for a third. Okay? So when I tell you David Bell is going to destroy this bullpen before July 4th, then I moved up to July 1st, then I moved it up to July, June 15th. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but I think he's going to like have all these guys on the disabled list June 1st. Because just look at the box scores. He used, I can't even believe I'm about to tell you this, he used six relievers today. I mean, David Bell! You've got to understand your bullpen, and you can't play for per inning. And that's what you do, David Bell. Lord Almighty, for the love of God, David Bell. You front office, Nick Crawl, Dick Williams, you got to get a veteran bench coach to help this guy because they're playing for the fifth and sixth inning. Now, I will under, I understand baseball that sometimes games come down to an inning. But you got nine innings, and this guy is constantly managing for the fourth, the fifth, the sixth inning. I can see managing, you know, for the seventh, eighth, ninth, obviously. But when you burn two pinch hitters in the bottom of the sixth, you just like you literally and you and then you got a four man bench. Give me a break. If I was to just piece this deal together from A to Z of all your bad trades, Walt Jockety and Dick Williams, and talk about these bad moves that David Bell makes on a nightly basis, I literally would probably have that brain aneurysm, heart attack, and see stroke. Anyways, so anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Iglesias comes in. Gets his third save of the season. Wait, am I, did I say that wrong? Did he? How many saves this guy got? Fifth save. I'm sorry. But no, my 99.7 percentage of always being right is not affected. I just thought it was that. I thought when I was reading that save, I was like, third save? No, he's got like more than that. This was his fifth save, obviously, because he just put it. He just saved three games in a row, striking out nine hitters uh, in the Padres in the first three games against the Padres in San Diego. So anyway, to make a longer story short, Rossell Iglesias gets his fifth save. His ERA is lowered down to four point two two. I think he's under control. He'll get that in the mid twos. Hopefully, pretty quickly here. I'm even hoping he's going to be a sub two ERA for the year once he gets past uh, the trade deadline. Hopefully, and you know what? I really want the Reds to sign Cade Krimbrel. That he's down to three years, thirty nine million. Give him a three year deal with a mutual option, fifty two million over four years. If it all pans out, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna get a dominant closer like Kimbrel for cheaper than that. And, um, but you know what? Maybe there's some medicals on Kimbrel that I don't even know about because for some reason they're not signing him. And I really think it might have to do with either medicals or the fact that he missed spring training and that just sets you back a long way. Anyway, well, we saw it with Steven Drew. We've saw it with other starters. You know, I think Alex Cobb last year had some problems. Yeah, so we've seen this. I think a lot of teams are like, 
hey, if you're not, if you're that stupid to wait and not make a deal and get in spring training to get prepared for the season, we're just not going to take the chance on you. So uh, unless it's medicals, which the Reds team needs to farm out to some other team, let's be honest. Brandon Nimmo, uh, Sean Manea, but clearing her Tilson Herrera, Max Woltel, and yes, John Lamb, who had he basically, if you wanted to reboot that game, like uh, what was that game called? Uh, called Doctor or Hospital, where you had to take the bones and the uh, whatever out of the player, and it would buzz if you hit the thing. Like you could literally. Like, use John Lamb's uh, figure for that new game of doctor or whatever it is. Because John Lamb had shoulder problems, elbow problems, knee problems, you name it. Hip problems. And the Reds medical staff cleared him. But they didn't clear Sean Manea with a knee. With a knee. You can't even make it up. Wouldn't clear Nimmo, but cleared Herrera. Like I said, you cannot make it up. And I just get so angry. Could you imagine this team with Dansby Swanson and Carte, Tyler O'Neill, Luis Gohera, Sean Manea, Brandon Nimmo, Jose Ramirez, Mike Clevenger, and yes, throw another uh, starting pitching prospect, possibly, yes, Justice Sheffield from the Indians. If the Reds just had anybody who could scout players and profile them correctly and, and and make a deal, like deals that were offered, I mean, you can't even make it up. I got to, I got to, ladies and gentlemen, I got to get off this soapbox because I tell you what, the, the host has some health issues. I really don't. This is more of comic relief, but, uh. Literally, I get so angry on how bad you can miss on trade after trade after trade after trade after trade. And don't even get me on the Chris O'Keefe. The drafting is so horrible. I And don't give me Taylor Trammell and Nick Senzel. It's easy when you're picking at the top of the trade board or the draft board, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, I got to get to the good things list before I do have that brain aneurysm. So let's get to the good things, shall we? I'm going to put Sonny Gray number one on my good things list. I'm telling you, whoever had Jesse Winker playing out of position, that cost Sonny Gray at least two earned runs. So Sonny Gray, five and a third, six hits, three earned, and here's my favorite thing. No walks. And you guys know who listen to Red's line how I am about the walks. And he struck out nine batters. I'm telling you what. If Winker was just positioned correctly, Sonny Gray finishes six innings. Might have been go, even went to the seventh inning. Because literally, ladies and gentlemen, he, he wasn't even at a super lot. Of, uh, he wasn't even like crazy on pitch count. They pulled him. At 88 pitches. And this, and ladies and gentlemen, this is... Now, I know 88 pitches over five and a third sounds like about right to pull somebody. But what you're not understanding is, is that that Josh Donaldson baseball should have been caught. 
So we're talking about extra pitches that were thrown, extra runs that were uh, hit on him, uh, uh, you know, attached to him, and and this kind of thing. So he wasn't even low in the pitch count. I believe if Jesse Winker catches that ball, and again, it wasn't Winker's fault, I believe that Sonny Gray goes seven innings, probably allows a run or two, and this game's golden, and it's it's uh, it's over. Reds win either way. But anyway, I'm giving Sonny Gray my number one of the good things list because Sonny Gray was just dominant, man. Through four innings, pooh, Cy Young. And they scratched a run off of him in the fifth, like I said. And then the sixth was just pure craziness. And I, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's somebody positioning those guys out there because there's no reason Winker should have been over near center field. He had to run a long way to get there, and he was only four, about four foot shy of getting there. If he was playing straight up, he would have been there. So, Sonny Gray, you're number one on my good things list. Number two, who should have been number one, Yasiel Puig. He's coming out. The weather's warming up a little bit. Two for four with a run and three RBIs. He's not even hitting Mendoza. But ladies and gentlemen, the Reds, I'm telling you right now, Dick Williams, talk to Castellini. Get his agent on the phone. You need to sign this guy to a five-year deal or you have wasted Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray. Period. Are you listening? Somebody forward this podcast to Dick Williams because I'm saying it right now. This is your only hope. The guy's 27, 28 years old. He'll be in the prime of his life for the next five years. Lock him up. Do what it takes. If the, if you can get him to a five-year, $100 million deal, do it. It's worth the weight in gold. I'm not even saying he'll sign that, but if you can get it done five years, $100 million, get it done. I'm telling you right now, the guy, when he hit that home run and they hit that uh, sack fly that, um, that would, almost could have been, would have been, would have, could have, should have, never did, but could have been a grand slam if he just got a, a little bit, hit the ball on the angle, okay? I'm trying to calm down and not get too excited. I'm not trying to have this aneurysm over here from the Walt Jockety history and uh, basically education of how to ruin a franchise 101. <laughs> Anyways, to make a long story short, Yasiel Puig, you're number two on my good things. Dick Williams needs to sign you to do an extension before it's too late. And who's number three on my good things? I'm going to just go ahead and give it to Joey Votto. One for two with a run and three walks. He's an on-base machine. Now, I could give it to Derek Dietrich on that awesome bunt, but... I'm just telling you, Votto got on base four times a day. When you get on base four times, you're getting on the good things list. Okay, so the bad things. <laughs> Three, two, one. David Bell! You can't use two of your four-man bench in the sixth inning, and you damn sure you shouldn't use it for Jesse Winker, who's leading your team in home runs. You make no sense. You are a rookie manager, and I like you for getting in umpire's faces, so I'm trying to give you a little bit of shade here. But, David Bell, think about it. You were playing for the sixth inning. Jesse Winker could have got that walk, 
or he could have drove the baseball a long freaking way. And I'm sorry, whoever listens to this podcast, I try not to go over the top. I try not to be rude. I try not to say things that would not go on normal terrestrial radio. I apologize. XM Radio, sign me up. Anyways, to make a long story, yeah, XM Radio, you gotta you gotta hold a fill after Howard Stern's contract. I'm just telling you, just saying it. Anyway, back to this bad things list with David Bell. You needed to save Phil Irvin for later in the game to pinch hit. I don't care if it worked out. I don't care if Phil Irvin drew a walk. I do not care. You were wrong. Jesse Winker is a professional hitter. He could have either got that walk or he could have drove in the run. And even if he didn't, it wasn't your last out. You still had, I'm just telling you, you still had a ways to go. Okay, so here we go. Who gets number three on the bad things list? Well, I don't even think I got to number two. David Bell, let me roll that again. David Bell! See, I'm almost losing my voice, ladies and gentlemen out there in Reds Nation. This David Bell's rookie manager mistakes of playing for the fifth and sixth inning is driving me crazy. So David Bell, number two is you use six relievers. And Adam, not Adam, Amir Garrett and Robert Stevenson, who can go over an inning, you use for two-thirds of an inning. Now, I'm not complaining, David Bell, that you pinch hit for Robert Stevenson when you had, I think, Iglesias made it to first base. I'm trying to calm down. I'm not trying to criticize the whole Robert Stevenson thing, but in the bullpen big picture, you're number two on the bad things list because the two guys that can go an inning, you used for two-thirds of an inning. So I'm just going to lay it right there in the dining room table for everybody to see what you do. And I'm not saying you shouldn't not have pinch hit for Robert Stevenson. I'm just pointing out that you use six relievers in this game because you're not, you don't have a plan. And I had to listen the entire spring trading about, oh, nobody has a job. The bullpen, no one has a job. Nobody has a job. We're going to use people for the for for whatever instance that it is, whatever strategy it is, we're not going to label anybody. Okay, David Bell, I'm proud of you if you're in a uh, liberal uh, human studies, human uh, uh, whatever resources uh, class at Berkeley. I'm glad no one has labels. That's fine. But you got a bullpen to run, and you're using every one of them like you're Oprah giving out a car. And we've covered this before. 
You get an appearance. You get an appearance. You get an appearance. You get an appearance. David Bell, go look at your box scores. I'm telling you, Cincinnati Reds front office, you got to get this guy a bench manager to help him make these decisions. I don't even think he's a bad leader of men. That's what I'm hanging my hat on here with this guy because you can tell when guy when when the umpire messes with his players, he's got their backs. And I love that about David Bell. But you can tell he doesn't have all the tools. You need a grizzled veteran manager to be bench coach that you don't got to worry about wanting the manager's job. And that guy's name is Wally Backman. He will appreciate just being in a big league dugout and getting a chance. And I'll tell you what, Dick Williams and Walt Jockety, you've angered the baseball gods so much, this would give you some karma with the baseball gods if you call Wally Backman. So anyway, we're... I'm not even going to put number three on my bad things list because I'm telling you right now, it'll either be Scott Schebler, which will indeed cause me an aneurysm of the brain, or it will be David Bell getting the trifecta win, place, and show for like the 20th Reds line in a row. And we've only had 22 game recap Reds lines. So you know what I'm up against here, Reds Nation. So anyway, where do we go from here? Well, they're not going too far, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be another game in Cincinnati. And who do we got? We got Tanner Rourke, my guy who's got to go seven innings. Tanner Rourke, I'm telling you right now, remember, I put you on my bad things list because you didn't go seven innings. You have got to give this team seven innings. In fact, Tanner Work, I want you to look at this David Bell box score from today, April 23rd. You better pitch a complete game, but I'm not holding you to that. You've got to go seven innings because they can bring Lorenzen out to close this thing out tomorrow, and uh, I think you can dominate. It is Mike Sorotka. Uh, this guy... Has a 1.80 ERA. I think he's, I'm, pre, I'm almost pretty sure he's a left-handed pitcher. So, um, to make a long story short, no, he's a right-hander. God, what am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of Max Freed. That's right. So, anyways, he's only got one start. But, um, I don't know. The Reds, I don't know. He's got a 1.20 whip. He's... Only pitched five innings, six strikeouts, 1.80 ERA his last time out. I'm going to say it. I think the Reds could probably destroy him. I think Puig is in a groove. I think Votto's in a groove. As long as Tanner Work gives us a quality start, and I hate quality starts. In fact, I'm going to ban the term quality start on Reds line from now on. That is BS, people. In my town, a quality start is seven innings and two earned runs or less. From now on, baseball, Major League Baseball, whatever your name is, Commissioner, Manfred, your BS quality start can be six and three. But in Red's line, it's seven and two. So anyway, Tanner Rourke, you got to give your team seven strong innings, my friend.
And we all know Lorenzo's pitching tomorrow and Zach Duke. So, anyways, to make a long story short, uh, it'll be Soraka against Rourke. I'm hoping the Reds unleash on him some more. They scored seven runs tonight. Shouldn't be a problem. Uh, good things. Not good. Not my good things list, but another good thing. Scooter Jeanette was in the lineup. He's getting ready to resume baseball activities. He wasn't in the lineup. He was in the clubhouse. I'm sorry. I'm just a little discombobulated because of David Bell's merry-go-round of relievers. And me going back in the history of the horrible wall jockey trades and Dick Williams' his apprentice. It's almost like Star Wars with the Emperor, you know, and his apprentice, uh, Darth Vader. But Dick Williams is not as cool as Darth Vader. The only thing they have in common is Darth and Dick and the fact that the V is close in the alphabet to the W, if that makes sense. So anyway... We're going to close this Reds line game recap down. The Reds won 7-6. Puig homer. Joey Votto walked three times. Sounds like a pretty good day at the office to me. Unless your front office analytics has bad information and positions Jesse Winker in right field when he's playing left field. And he has to run all the way across the diamond for a fly ball that would have been caught by any other left fielder in any other stadium on any other of the teams in the Major League Baseball. Okay, from the Little Apple all the way back to Reds country, Reds line is officially closing up shop for the night.